Welcome to this installment of Simon Says, Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And really, really fired up today because Brandy Swanson is with us. Hey. Hi. Brandy's with Smith. 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 <laughs> Just one Smith. Only one Smith. Smith and Howard CPAs. One of the top uh, CPA firms in the entire country. Yeah. Two yeah. years in a row. That's amazing. It is. We got great people. Yeah. I heard that. Yes. And they got the best business development person ever. Well, you know, I had the best training ever. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Mutual <laughs> Admiration Society. Oh, yep. <laughs> Seriously, I'm excited because you were with us for a couple of years and it was awesome having you in our company. And now I'm really excited that you're with Smith & Howard. Not because they get you and we don't, but because... <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they, they do uh, excellent work, and we're going to explore that today, right? Yes. Okay, good. So why don't you give us uh, just a little bit of an overview, headquartered in Atlanta, down by Atlantic Station. What else? Um, we, we're worldwide, so not that we have offices worldwide. We only have one office headquartered at Atlantic Station, but we pretty much go everywhere, and we're part of the BDO Alliance. So we have sister firms all over the world. And we uh, do a lot with international companies, a lot with manufacturing and distributors, um, all privately held companies. Um, it's easier to tell you what we don't do. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. So you work mostly with privately held companies? Mostly with privately held. We have a couple of publicly traded and we only do certain things for them. Yeah. Um, but most of them, I'd say 99.5% of them are privately held. I did not know that. Yes. Okay. So not only are you a top-notch firm nationwide, but you focus on privately held firms. We do. Which is probably most of our audience. So that's great. Oh, there you go. Very yeah. good. Awesome. And uh, as you said, recognized two consecutive years as the number one firm in the nation by inside public accounting and a top accounting firm to work for by Accounting Today. Yeah, it is a great place to work. I've been there almost three years. Yeah. And the culture is awesome. I think the best thing for me, I guess my biggest pet peeve is people not doing what they said they would do. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing about Smith and Howard is they do what they say they're going to do. And it's one of the best places to work because they truly live their values. You know, a lot of people put those up on the wall and they're on our wall, but um, we actually live by them. We talk about them. They're read before any meeting. You can have yeah. be having a one-on-one -on -one meeting and we're going to go through two or three of the values. Wow. Um, so they're very serious about them. Pop quizzes and all that? Yeah. I hadn't had a pop quiz yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> Name the values, Brandy. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. okay now, and, and why don't you give us a short rundown and know all the different services y'all do for your clients? Oh, goodness. So, course tax and audit. Okay. Um, assurance. Assurance services, you know. <laughs> so, go in there and make sure that you feel good about the numbers that are put on the piece of paper that they are, you know, if, if there's an. Um, expense, that there's an invoice that matches that expense and so on. Okay. We do, I, I always look for, and one of the things I learned about at Sandler was looking for ways that you're different than all the other firms. And I think one of those ways is our um, sales and use tax mm. practice. And so um, we work a lot with manufacturers. It's one of our larger niches, but um, construction companies sometimes have issues with sales and use tax. And I've heard that. Yep. And so um, we actually have a partner that um, has spent his whole career in sales and use tax. He's got a really great reputation and we've been able to help 
um, clients with when they've been audited. And then we've been able to also help clients save money, especially in the manufacturing and the concrete um, realm as well, because a lot of times they overpay their sales tax. Mm. So, so it is important to have a CPA firm that, that understands your industry, I take it. Yes. You know, there's, yes, they need to understand your industry, but they also need to understand your specific needs. So mm. I think that's one of the things that sets us apart too, is that they're really good listeners and understanding your perspective and understanding and then researching and figuring out how we can best suit your needs. I would also say that typically our firm deals with more complex issues. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're a two or three man operation and it's pretty much a simple escort flow through, you're not going to need a um, CPA firm that's used to digging into international and very complex um, ownership statuses and things like that. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. And nonprofits too. You do a lot of nonprofit work. We do. It's our second largest niche. Um, within the firm, we do a lot of private schools. Hmm. So we have some of the, I'd say if you look at the book of lists from the Atlanta Business Chronicle, we mm-hmm. probably do 10 to 12 of the top 20. That's impressive. Yeah. We have a really good, great reputation with the nonprofit industry. We cover all areas, um, you know, the social services, churches. I know there's another one that just left my brain though, so I can't think I'm of it. I'm glad they haven't <laughs> somebody else besides me. <laughs> So we quickly tell a joke and then we just get through it. It's <laughs> great. Okay. So um, you also have a wealth management firm. We do. Within Smith & Howard. We do. Tell um, us about that. So a lot of our clients are, all of our clients are privately held, but they, they flow through to the individual and trying to make mm. sure that there's um, synchronicity, I guess, with their taxes and their planning for the future and retirement and their exit strategies and things of that nature and making sure those investments, how that adversely or positively affects their um, taxes at the end of the year, whether they've sold or bought and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. So having those two within the same firm allows us to have some real good hands-on with their investments and things of that nature. Excellent. Excellent. Once again, this is Al Simon with Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. Here with my guest, Brandy Swanson with Smith & Howard CPAs. Brandy, let's talk about you personally. Uh, Your role at Smith & Howard is called business development. What in the world does that mean? It's not marketing. It's not marketing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting. And we, we discussed this, I think, many years ago when I was working with you is business development and marketing are really two separate um, jobs. And yes. they typically take two different types of personalities. And I know mm. for a long time in the professional world, you would see business development marketing. Well, they usually either had one or the other because they were either really good at the marketing part of it, and that's what they spent their time doing, yes. or they were better at the business development part of it. And of course, we all do what we enjoy doing the most. And so, um, that's one of the things I think Smith and Howard did and they got it right was they separated the two roles. Good. And we have a phenomenal marketing department. I mean, Julie Barnes and, and Misty and Nancy, are, they each have their own roles, but you've got somebody um, focused on social media and um, someone focused on events. And then you've got Alan and I who do the business development and that's really bird dogging for the firm. So keeping our eyes and ill. 
ears, <laughs> eyes and ears peeled for businesses that would make a good client. Okay. So what does that mean? I know networking for sure. I see you out and about. Yeah, we do a lot of networking, but I probably spend just as much time researching. Do you really? I do. Um, it is very important to our firm to have the right clients on board. So if um, a client is just extremely be sensitive, they're probably not the right client for us because we can't do a good job if we're always having to worry about, well, I can't spend time researching that because they're too price sensitive. And so we're not serving the best needs of our client. Mm -hmm. um, also high ethical values. I know um, that's, that's top. And I know a lot of people say that, but I have watched them let clients go because they're not doing things the way they should be done. And, um, you know, there's gray areas and then there's black and white, and we definitely don't cross the black and white areas. That's one of your, one of your values. And it is. Integrity, right? It so, is. Yeah. So uh, it would make sense for, for y'all to have, want that also to be true of your mm -hmm. clients. And we have the same thing in our, in our business. If you don't have, uh, uh, clients who understand integrity and, uh, being transparent and being open and honest, we can't help them. Right. And so you got to do both. You got to be out there and you got to be open and honest with each other. And that works. Yeah, it does. It does. So, so I do spend a good bit of time researching companies and uh, making sure. And, you know, when I see people that are connected to them on LinkedIn, I yeah. definitely will make a phone call and say, hey, how do you know this person? You know, what's the reputation of the company? You know, what are they doing? And, and then, you know, looking for ways um, to introduce the partners to them. Okay. So that's your job really is to match up potential clients with the different partners. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, and, you know, that's just as important because we've got several partners that do the exact same thing, but which one is the best match for the personality style, okay. for the type of industry, because our partners specialize in different industries as well. So making sure that matchup is. And how many partners are there? 13. 13 partners. Yep. You've got to know a lot. No, I just know, need to know who knows what I need to know so that I match the right person to the right partner. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. So is that your biggest challenge at, at Smith & Howard? It, you know what? That is probably the largest or the biggest challenge is making sure that I match the right person to the right partner mm -hmm. and understanding who has what knowledge. But, you know, the firm's really good. If I go to one partner and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for, and I thought it was them. And they're like, oh, no, you need to check with, you know, Marvin or whoever else would be yeah. a better fit. So they're really good with collaboration and making sure that the client's experience is the absolute best it could be. Okay, good. So besides, besides uh, uh, networking and research, what else is in your job description? Oh, let's see. I spend a lot of time cultivating relationships. Use LinkedIn a lot, obviously. I do use yeah. LinkedIn a lot, but you know, that's only as good as my relationships outside of outside of LinkedIn. So, you know, I I eat out a lot. Matter of fact, when I first went to work there, I gained like thirty pounds yeah. because I was eating out breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> my my son said I had a cush job, right? Because yeah. I spent time on LinkedIn social media. All she does is social media and eat out all the time. I mean, what? How, hey, that's a great job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's really developing the relationships with with people who can that play in the same area that I do. So yes. like if I'm focusing on manufacturing and distribution, which is our largest niche within the firm, 
I want to connect with people who also service those types of clients and develop those relationships, whether it, it's an insurance agent or a banker or um, a lawyer, depending on, you know, where those relationships are. So it's finding those types, type, type of people and right. then expanding that relationship. Okay. So, of course, in the sandal world, we call those strategic partnerships yes. or strategic strategic alliance <laughs> partnerships. And so, yeah, and it's a huge thing. And you're connecting people. Right. You need to know why and how to connect certain people. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we talk about the communications pie, which means that uh, face-to-face is huge, on the phone is huge. And so you really have to get your nose out of social media every once in a while, don't you? You do, because I, I can ask somebody for, you know, an introduction, but if they don't know me that well and they're not yeah. sure what kind of work we do, they're really not going to be that forthcoming with an introduction. Yes. They have to feel comfortable with me. They have to feel comfortable with the firm. So, you know, a lot of times when I've met, let's say an insurance broker, and I think they're a good fit, then I connect them with a partner within the firm Mm. so that they can get to know, hey, this is who Brandy's going to introduce some of my manufacturing clients to, and that they not only get comfortable with me, but they're comfortable with the people within our firm. Okay. So I probably should explain the communications pie briefly to our, our listeners. So if you, um, if you think about a face-to-face conversation with anybody, there are three elements that are really communicating the message. Of course, there's the actual words. There's the way the words are said. We call that tonality. So pitch, volume, pace, rhythm, those things. Uh, and then uh, and there's the actual uh, physical cues, the, the, the facial expressions, the, the body language, the the uh, eye contact or lack thereof, uh, the change in physical expression or change in body posture, even a handshake. Those are all what we call mm-hmm. physiology or the body language portion. So you got the body language, you got the tonality, and you got the words. In a face-to-face conversation, it's mostly body language, over, mm-hmm. over half of the communicated message. And then another, at least a third or so, is in the tonality, the pitch, the volume, the pace, and the rhythm. It leaves only less than 10% for the actual words face-to-face. So if you think about on the phone, you don't have those uh, physical cues. So tonality mm-hmm. is huge, right. about 85% or so. And then, of course, when, if you're going to just use social media or even text or email, all you have is words on a screen, right. which, which is forfeiting a lot of your communication tools. You know, it's funny. It, that, re, that reminds me of a story back um, when I was actually working with you and you know, my biggest fear with cold calling, I don't know if you remember this, was that I would meet that person and, you know, would meet the person in person and I would have done a terrible job and they would remember me. And it actually happened. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> that. remember that. Yes. And it was funny because I met the guy. I go, oh, you're the one I talked to on the phone. And I went, yeah, it was one of the worst cold calls I ever did. And he said, because um, you're much better in person. But I think that's true of everybody. People are much better in person if you can make it happen than any other way. And Phone is second best and, you know, email. I have actually gotten a client from an email, though. Yes. I have. All right. I have. Um, It's rare, but it does happen. Yeah. Usually there's a strong referral involved, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can happen. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. So most people are better face-to-face. It's just, you know, you get a chance to really understand each other when Mm -hmm. you can add in the the physical clues, you know. Right. Especially things like eye contact. just... It's just so much to that, mm-hmm. you know, and you can tell when someone looks away, when you ask them a question, they look away. That means something. It, does. it doesn't matter what the words that come out of their mouth are so much as, 
as, as those kinds of, of uh, clues. Mm-hmm. So once again, as this is uh, Simon Says, Let's Talk Business, I'm Business Radio X. Al Simon, your host with uh, Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And uh, one of my favorite people in all the world is my guest today, Brandy Swanson, who used to work with us back in the day and uh, now works with Smith & Howard CPAs. So Brandy, what, what do you, uh, I, I don't know, business development for a, for a professional firm like Smith & Howard, how did you prepare for that kind of role? By accident? That can't be preparation then. That's just got to be falling into it, isn't it? Well, you know what, though? Um, when you look back, you can see it really wasn't by accident. So, you know, 18 years of my career was HR and finance. So, you know, I worked with companies that had about 100 employees. And when you're that size, you typically wear both hats. So you're in charge of all the money and you're in charge of all the HR stuff, hiring, firing, that sort of stuff. And so I was lucky and unfortunate enough to have, I had one company that I helped file bankruptcy and go away. And then I had another company that I helped come out of some financial distress and sell to a publicly traded company. I enjoyed abusing salespeople when they came in my door. <laughs> I, I did. I mean, I was the master at squeezing blood out of a turnip as, as the old saying goes. You know, I, I knew how to get the best deal for the best price without having any relationships. Mm. And I don't know that that was the, actually, I know that it wasn't the best thing for me or the company now in hindsight, but um, it did give me one perspective. And, you know, I think when you and I originally met was through networking at the Gwinnett Chamber. It was. And um, at that time I was at an insurance agency and um, we had sold part of the company to a publicly traded company. And then I was left with 30 employees, and now I was supposed to manage the sales team. Mm-hmm. And that was an eye-opening experience because I, I knew how to abuse them, but not how to motivate them and to get them to sell more and bring in more business. And and what I realized, I, we just happened to sit next to each other, and we started talking about it, and, and I hired you to train my sales team and me totally changed my perspective and helped me learn to work with the sales team and to develop relationships and to, I mean, at the time, our close ratio was about 10% and our turnover rate of salespeople was at least 70%, if not higher. Mm. And when we went through your training, um, one, one salesperson in particular, Eric, I don't know if you I remember, remember Eric, Eric. Yeah, sure do, yeah. um, you know, he was my worst salesperson and I was so frustrated because he was doing everything we told him to do. And he had our marketing team just running in circles, trying to quote stuff and he wasn't closing anything. And so, um, when we entered your training, it, it, changed everything because his close ratio, it went up. Uh, my turnover went down. It was, it was great. Yes. And I really thought I still wasn't crazy about sales and I didn't like insurance. So I, I, you know, I left there, yeah. and w- went back into finance and HR yeah. and just through circumstances, you know, um, my mom passed away, my daughter graduated high school and I'm like, okay, this is just too much. I need to do something different. And so um, the, the two and a half, three years that I worked with you was life-changing for me. Was it, it wasn't, oh yeah. It wasn't just um, 
you know, you, you learn things that you can use in your business world. But for me, it was learning things that I could use in life. Mm. And my husband, I can remember, he's like, would you quit using that Sandler stuff on me? (laughs) (laughs) Not a weapon. (laughs) Not a weapon. Um, So um, it was very much life-changing because I learned to do public speaking, which if you had told me I was going to do that, um, you know, even three years prior, I would have told you you were crazy because I'd rather die than get up in front of a bunch of people. Yes. You know, I learned how to develop relationships and how to still get the best deal without ruining a relationship or a, a um, vendors. Mm. And so able to have frank conversations and get what I needed and, and the person who was selling something to get what they needed. And so really that's how I was prepared for this job. It was just through mm. steps in life. So I've got the finance and HR background that yes. lets me interact with CEOs and CFOs so I can talk their talk because I've been there. They understand how to be a good steward of resources. Yes. Right. Um, and then the business development working with you over the, I guess it was basically six years worth between me hiring you and working with you. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, that's the thing. I think a lot of people think with the Sandler training, oh, you just go through the one-year program and you're done. Well, really you're not because Things change and circumstances change. And so to me, the one-on-one coaching, you, you get the, in the classroom, you can get the concept and the framework. Right. But it's the one-on-one coaching and the other team members that are in there that can relate to, hey, I had this situation come up. Should I send, you know, a close the file right. email? Yeah. Which reminds me, you'd be so proud. I yeah. used one of your emails the other day. There's this guy that I had been calling. It was a concrete company up in Tacoa. And had been calling and calling and emailing and calling. And I mean, dead silence. Yeah. Not a word. Crickets. And and I, except it was so far, I really thought I would just drop in. And I've done some of those where I just drop in. But I finally, I sent him an email. And in the title, it said, should I stop? Question mark. That's a great title. <laughs> and um, and the it was a really short email. And it said, you know, I've, I've worked, I've sent you, left you several voicemails and probably 16 emails. Would you prefer that I stop sending them? Are you not interested? And he sent me an email back and said, I'm not interested at this time. And I, and I said, thank you for your response. And, and I've stopped. So, you know, not that I'll stop forever, but you know, in a year from now, I'll follow up and say, are you still good? And I bet I still get a response that says, yep, I'm still good. But I'd rather get a no than just sit there and chase and chase and chase and not know. Absolutely. Not a good use of your time to do no. that. Yeah. So that's great. Good for you for standing up for yourself a little <laughs> bit there. Yeah. Well, I, I must also say with regard to yourself and, and someone like Eric, there's, there's one thing that folks like that have in common, which is that they understand that they're not a finished product, that they need to be lifelong learners, that they're coachable and they allow themselves to be coached. And you did that. Eric did that. That has a lot to do with the development. And I think that's one of the things I love about our firm is they're lifelong learners. Hmm. It's not, hey, I got my CPA license and now I know everything. And, and, and you know what? I think the other thing is, is they realize too that, and I think more and more professional firms are making the realization that it's hard. I mean, you and I, when we work together, it's very hard to hunt, to nurture, to close a deal, and then to service a deal. And so the probably the most time-consuming part of that in the beginning is the hunting and finding those 
prospects that would make good clients. And so by splitting those roles out and finding people who um, enjoy that, because that's a hard thing to find is somebody who just enjoys going out and finding good prospects. And the person who can service the account. Those mm-hmm. are two different skill sets. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so they've done a good job of making sure that they have the right people on the bus and in the right seats. Smith and Howard does a great job. They do. Yes. They do. That's why it's easy to do my job, right? Easy. Easy. Yeah. You have a cushy job. I do have a cushy job. Yeah. Just eat and... Uh, eat, surf the internet, yeah. shake hands, kiss babies. Where do I sign up for this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Brandy, it's been great having you with us. This is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business with uh, Brandy Swanson from Smith & Howard on Business Radio X. Brandy, if, if our listeners want to uh, contact you, how do they do it? Well, you can reach me at bswanson at smith-howard.com, or you can call me um, on my cell phone, 770-540-9292. Okay, so that's 770 770- Nine, five four zero five four zero nine two nine two nine two nine two or B Swanson at Smith dash Howard dot com. Correct. Got it. Thank you awesome. so much. Thank you, Al. This is great. Yes, it is. Let's go eat. Okay. All right.